Wasabi Wallet. Unfairly private. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the show. I hope you are having a great Thursday. Uh, we got some FUD to deal with today. Uh, we're seeing articles that Bitcoin has been double spent. Does this break Bitcoin? Is it all over? Is Bitcoin dead? What do you guys think? What do you think I'm going to say? Oh my God. And there's so much more. We've got Craig Wright. He's back being a patent uh, troll again, being his own idiot self. We got lots to cover today. So I hope you guys are doing well. As always, I am Ben with the BTC Sessions, and this is your daily session. Huddle the Bitcoin. Okay, so let's get in here. Uh, let's take a look at where we are in the market at the moment. So uh, as I was saying, we did we did have a dip recently. I think, you know, at least part of it can be attributed to the FUD. Not all of it because Bitcoin does its thing. By the way, if you're new here, if you're new here, let me explain some things. Uh, 2017, when we were on our bull run, um, we saw... I think seven different pullbacks of close to 40% over the course of that when it went from like $1,000 to $20,000 in a year. So these kinds of dips are commonplace. You don't need to freak out about this stuff. In fact, Bitcoin could drop um, you know, if it were to drop to even like, I think $25,000, that's still within that 40% range. Uh, so, you know, Take these these mini dips, these dips for ants with a grain of salt. Not a big deal. Anyways, right now we're sitting around thirty one thousand eight hundred eighty some odd dollars per Bitcoin. Uh, it did drop as low as pretty much close to thirty one thousand even. Uh, right now, for a single U.S. dollar, you can pick up three thousand one hundred and thirty five sats. Not bad. Not bad. I might pick up a few of those. 88.6% uh, of all Bitcoin that will ever be mined has currently been mined. And in terms of fees right now, to get into the next block, you're looking at about 107 sats per byte. Uh, if you're willing to wait an hour, around 58 sats per byte will do you. So... Yeah, not bad. And, you know, we've been kind of peeking up. I don't know if this will be the, who knows? Nobody knows exactly where it's going to go, but we are going to dispel some FUD around the price as it relates to the mainstream media news that we've been seeing lately. So calm down, take a breath. Let's all breathe. It's okay. It's okay, guys. It's fine. <laughs> Let's, uh, before we dive in, of course, Shout out to sponsors of the show, Aladdin.io. You can use your Bitcoin for a variety of different services here. I've used them a bunch, particularly for Bitcoin back loans when I've been in a pinch and I needed my hands on dollars, but I didn't want to sell my Bitcoin because that's, of course, taxable. And I was worried about having to buy back in at a higher price, so I was able to utilize this. If you're in the same boat, maybe for you. Uh, they, of course, they still have their Bitcoin and USDC savings accounts, interest rates of up to 12.25% annually paid monthly. Uh, 
and their B2X offering for you bullish Bitcoiners out there. Uh, it'll use the same loan mechanism to instantly buy you more Bitcoin. You can check them out. Links down below. If you click that link and opt to get one of their loan products, they'll give you 25 bucks for free into your savings. Uh, now, up next, we have the Kobo Vault, one of my regularly used and favorite hardware wallets. Of course, I love it because it is 100% air-gapped. You never plug it into anything internet-connected. It's all done via QR code, and that keeps the keys to your money safe and offline, which is important. Uh, again, secure elements on this thing, open source firmware, and it works with a ton of great wallets. It works with Wasabi Wallet, Blue Wallet, Bitcoin Core. Uh, there's a bunch. So check out their website. For reference, I'm using the Pro. It has a fingerprint scanner and the rechargeable battery link below. Um, now, I, of course, I live on Bitcoin uh, and I need to do that using various different services. One of them is BitRefill because they pretty much have any uh, gift card that I could possibly want. And I get to earn back some of my Bitcoin when I spend it. So you earn sats back as you use BitRefill. So head over, check them out. They pretty much have anything you could possibly imagine. For me, it's things like groceries and gas or just any online shopping I need to do. It's all there. So check them out. And finally, if you're backing up any of your Bitcoin wallets, whether it be hardware or whether it be software, you might want to consider not putting that on pipe paper and actually getting it in solid steel. Doing that makes it fireproof, waterproof, and U-proof because you're a lot less likely to throw it out if it's actually a hunk of metal. Uh, so check out the bill foddle. It's over on privacypros.io. But with that, let's dive into what the FUD is going on right now. So, okay, I'm going to preface this. I'm going to read this article first so you can see what the normies are reading and freaking out over or really like to be real, this is the kind of news that years back when I was getting into Bitcoin probably would have scared me because I would have no idea what is going on. So, we'll read it and then we'll actually decipher the reality of what's happening. Okay, so the headline here on, on Business Insider is Bitcoin falls 11% after a report suggests a critical flaw in the cryptocurrency called double spend may have occurred. That sounds pretty spooky. Uh, the Cliffs notes here, it says Bitcoin fell as much as 11% on Thursday after a report from BitMEX Research suggesting that a critical flaw called double spend had occurred in the Bitcoin blockchain. Double spend is a highly feared scenario where a user is able to spend their Bitcoins more than once. A double spend event has not been confirmed and BitMEX has given mixed messages. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. So they talk about uh, this. They talk a little bit about Janet Yellen and her FUD, which we'll get to momentarily. That probably also contributed to the dip. Um, but they said they uh, they saw a double spend. Bitmex did said they potentially saw a double spend. Um, and it, again, listen to more of the way they explain it here. Uh, double spend again when you can spend Bitcoin twice. It it is a feared and dire scenario for the digital asset, and the blockchain was thought to have solved the issue when Satoshi Nakamoto published the Bitcoin white paper in 2009. Early attempts to launch a digital cash system were ultimately halted by vulnerabilities that would have enabled double spending and undermined faith in the system. Um, okay, so let's again. It gets into. So, okay, I, I got to read this last paragraph because it gets so FUD worthy. If the double spend did in fact occur, it could be a fatal blow to the popular cryptocurrency, indicating 
that the flaw Nakamoto set out to solve remains a vulnerability that could crush confidence in the asset. Oh man, this is so bad. And once you realize what has happened, you'll realize how awful this article is and the total lack of research that this person did to put it together. Anyways, so um, what happened is BitMEX noticed that some coins had been spent to two different addresses. Now, there is no extra Bitcoin created. It's not like somebody had coins, spent them, and then spent them somewhere else, and then both recipients have the coins. What happens in Bitcoin is miners... Uh, are basically putting together blocks of transactions to add to the Bitcoin blockchain. So it's like they're updating the ledger of who owns what roughly every 10 minutes. Every once in a while, two miners on opposite sides of the globe sometimes will put together a block of transactions at the exact same time or pretty close to the same time. And some of those blocks, sometimes you'll have two different blocks that have slightly different transactions. Sometimes they'll include something and not include something. Or sometimes an individual will spend some Bitcoin and say, actually, I, I need to move it over here instead. So they'll do, um, we'll explain it in a minute. They'll do what's called an RBF or a place by fee transaction attaching a higher fee and trying to spend again to a different address. Now, keep in mind that only one of these blocks will end up being the official kind of Bitcoin ledger um, and the other one will be canceled out. So no matter what, even though coins technically for a short period of time may be spent to two different addresses, after the next block of new transactions is built on top of one of them, that will kind of finalize where that money goes. Okay. So it's, it's kind of like you're fairly certain where coins are going to be, but the longer, the, the longer and the more transactions that are built on top of it, the more certainty you have around the finality of that transaction. And I'm going to read something here from a great book. I recommend you pick it up, if, especially if you're learning about Bitcoin and you hear terms and you don't, don't understand them. Uh, this is called the Bitcoin, Diginate, uh, the Bitcoin Dictionary, uh, a reference and primer for Bitcoin. It has over 180 terms and explanations by Ansel Lindner. Lindner. <laughs> Anyways, this is it right here. Okay, so uh, what happened just today or within the past 24 hours, it's known as an orphaned block. And it's exactly as I described, two miners mined a block basically at the same time that were slightly different. And both are valid within the rules of Bitcoin, but only one gets built upon by other miners. And that kind of chain of transactions continues on. The other one was valid, but is now disavowed because that's the direction we're going. So let me just read this description here. An orphaned block, it is a valid block submitted to the network, which is ultimately not built upon by the following blocks of transactions. Orphaned blocks are somewhat rare in Bitcoin. They occur when two miners solve a block at almost the same instant. These two valid blocks are each seen first by different groups of nodes in the network. Until the next block is found, the network consensus is technically split. The split is remedied with the next valid block. 
Okay. So again, what he's saying is both of these options are valid until one gets built upon by more miners and add more transactions because it becomes prohibitively expensive to go back and build upon the other block and try to catch up to the other chain to make what you're doing valid. So more or less, this happens in Bitcoin. This is actually how Bitcoin functions. And the whole point of Bitcoin is to come to consensus on who owns what. And the longer you wait on a transaction, the more certain you are that there is consensus about who owns what in terms of that particular set of Bitcoin. That's why for very large transactions, it is often recommended that you wait six Bitcoin confirmations or six Bitcoin blocks of transactions before considering it final. So if you're buying a cup of coffee or something like that, Lightning Network is already, you know, you've locked up Bitcoin on a network uh, on top of Bitcoin. So you're not having to worry about that. But for a small transaction of, you know, 10, 20 bucks, you're probably going to be fine with a single single confirmation, even like a hundred bucks. But if you're buying a million dollar house, you're going to want to sit and wait for those six confirmations before you give away the house uh, is kind of what I'm getting at. Anyways, just an awful, awful demonstration of how little research goes into this stuff and how like the amount of worry in this. It's like the person just heard about Bitcoin was like, saw that for a moment, consensus had not been reached, reached on a particular transaction and twisted it around into its own. Oh my God, Bitcoin is dead. Unbelievable. It's an exact replay of the kind of stuff we saw in 2017. Unreal. Anyways, so in the end, BitMEX said, on closer inspection, this is likely to be an instance of RBF where the lower fee transaction won. So RBF, as I said, can be used in a lot of different wallets. You have the option in Blue Wallet, and that's where you send a transaction and you say, actually, I want to do this instead. You you tap the transaction, you can attach a higher fee and either send it to the same place or somewhere else. Okay. So if that happens, um, it's not guaranteed that the higher fee transaction will get through, but it's more likely to get through. Okay. Anyways, this was such a nothing burger. It's hilarious. Uh, let's move on to more um, more FUD here, this time out of Janet Yellen. Now, Janet Yellen used to be head of the Federal Reserve in the United States, and she has been appointed head of the Treasury by the new Biden administration. And she's doing the old uh, Bitcoin is for criminals FUD. Again, we heard a lot of this in 2017. What year is it? Let's read. Uh, speaking at a Senate Finance Committee hearing today, Janet Yellen, President-elect Joe Biden's pick for uh, Secretary of the Treasury stated cryptocurrencies are a particular concern when it comes to criminal activity and terrorist financing. Yellen continued, I think many cryptocurrencies are used, at least in a transactional sense, mainly for illicit financing. And I think we really need to examine ways in which we can curtail their use and make sure that anti-money laundering doesn't occur or that money laundering doesn't occur is what she meant to say through those channels again. <laughs> and I, I'm, I will 
hats off to the author here, Haley Lennon, because she realized how stupid this was. But she said, this isn't the first time the cryptocurrency industry has heard this misconception and done a collective eye roll. Yellen may believe cryptocurrencies are used mainly for illicit financing, but the data shows otherwise. The majority of cryptocurrency is not used for criminal activity, according to an excerpt from Chainalysis 2021 report. In 2019, criminal activity represented 2.1% of all cryptocurrency transaction volume, which was roughly $21.4 billion worth of transfers. In 2020, a year later, the criminal share of all cryptocurrency activity fell to just 0.34%, which is around $10 billion worth. Now, <laughs> Let's compare and contrast with the legacy financial system. According to the UN, it is estimated that between 2% and 5% of global GDP, which is between $1.6 and $4 trillion annually, is connected with money laundering and illicit activity. And they're worried about $10 billion and dropping used with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, get your own house in order before you start pointing fingers here. Uh, it's it's crazy. Um, let's an, another another again to do with physical cash and traditional uh, payment methods. If we really want to focus on where the money is, we should look at government backed physical fiat. According to a 2020 report by Swift, Cases of laundering through cryptocurrencies remain relatively small compared to the volumes of cash laundered through traditional methods. Just last week, FinCEN announced a $390 million enforcement action on Capital One for engaging in both willful and negligent violations of the Bank Secrecy Act and its implementing regulations. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's it's the pot calling the kettle black Uh and it is, it's the amount of hypocrisy here of somebody from the traditional finance system pointing to cryptocurrencies and saying, you're laundering money is laughable. Laughable, I tell you. Oh, my God. Okay, one more, one more story that is going to further anger me, and then we'll get into some of the positive stuff. But we got to dispel the FUD, you guys. If you're new here... Learn to hate this face. This is Craig Wright, and he is a fraud. He has pretended to be the creator of Bitcoin for a number of years, and he's been caught in lies more times than I can count on my fingers and toes, my friends. Uh, he has filed multiple lawsuits against multiple people for saying that he is not Craig Wright, and he is yet to have any litigation end up in his favor. And yet he persists. So let's read a little bit about what he's doing now. Legal threats by self-proclaimed Satoshi Nakamoto, Craig Wright, have caused one site to remove what he claims is his Bitcoin white paper, but others are refusing to give up so easily. Craig Wright, the Australian computer scientist who claims to be the Bitcoin inventor, has threatened legal action against the owners of two Bitcoin websites whom he accused of stealing his white paper and other intellectual property. As announced on January 21st, Bitcoin.org, along with another website, BitcoinCore.org, had received allegations of copyright infringement from Craig Wright's lawyers. The council reportedly claimed that Wright, 
as Bitcoin inventor Satoshi Nakamoto was the legal copyright holder of the Bitcoin white paper, and he owned the Bitcoin name and trademark, as well as the two websites listed above. The announcement said, Yesterday, both Bitcoin.org and BitcoinCore.org received allegations of copyright infringement of the Bitcoin white paper by lawyers representing Craig Stephen Wright. In this letter, they claim Craig owns the copyright to the paper, the Bitcoin name, and ownership of Bitcoin.org. Again, they also claim that he is Satoshi Nakamoto. He's the creator of Bitcoin, original owner of Bitcoin.org, uh, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, so... While the owner of Bitcoin.org, uh, known as Cobra, pseudonymous, uh, has stated his refusal to be intimidated by the threat of what they've called false allegations, the owner of BitcoinCore.org has already thrown in the towel. Oh, God. What? Uh, again, I, I recognize that these guys don't want to bother themselves and have to do deal with legal things while they're coding. But holy God, I think Cobra has a point here. He says, according to Cobra, they're co-accused. Um, they're they're co-accused over at BitcoinCore.org acquiesced to the requests of Craig Wright's lawyers almost immediately. Cobra's announcement said, unfortunately, without consulting us, Bitcoin Core developers scrambled to remove the Bitcoin white paper from BitcoinCore.org. In response to these allegations of copyright infringement, lending credence to these false claims, the Bitcoin Core website was modified to remove the references of the white paper. The local copy of the white paper PDF was deleted. And with less than two hours of public review, the change was merged. By surrendering in this way, the Bitcoin Core project has lent ammunition to Bitcoin's enemies engaged in self-censorship and compromised its integrity. This surrender will no doubt be weaponized to make new false claims like that the Bitcoin Core developers know CSW to be Satoshi Nakamoto, and this is why they acted this way. So let this be clear. I'm happy to maintain the big... Okay, so anyways, um, the owner of Bitcoin Core, he came out and he was like, I'm not going to die on this hill. I've got more important work to do. He said, I'm happy to maintain Bitcoin core and the code, but I will not personally be a martyr for Bitcoin. It's up to you as Bitcoiners to protect it. And to that point, how did Bitcoiners respond to Craig Wright? Well, uh, I think one of the best feeds uh, to follow on this is Arthur Van uh, Pelt or Peltonaut in this case on Twitter, as he's been documenting all of the Craig Wright debauchery that's happened over the past number of years. Um, again, he's retweeted a lot of good threads on this. A notorious fraudster has once again made headlines for bullying the Bitcoin community with legal threats. We wanted to remind you all that the Bitcoin white paper is MIT licensed, free for anyone to read, learn, from and host. We will host the white paper at bitcoinmagazine.com slash bitcoin PDF. Uh, again, the Bitcoin white paper is now white paper is now proudly hosted on the Square Crypto website. <laughs> uh, and it's just a list of people that are now hosting the white paper on their own websites because how do you do that? I think my favorite one, and I gotta pull it up for you guys because this is so great. Um, Umbral. Umbral is open source open source software that allows you to run your own node, uh, basically on like a plug and play node. So I've got one running behind me. I've done a tutorial on how to do this. 
A lot of fun, cool apps that you can download. Anyways, these guys are kicking ass and taking names. They're doing very well with the project. It's a real service to the Bitcoin community, what they're, what they're building. Anyways, what they did is they created a downloadable app so that you can host your own copy of the Bitcoin white paper on your Umbral node. So the, <laughs> this, they said, let's take it a step further. And they tweeted out this screenshot of the upcoming app with that you can download on your umbral node it is so so funny uh hopefully this picture loads okay here it is bitcoin white paper host the original bitcoin white paper on your umbral host your own bitcoin <laughs> i like lmao try taking this down fantastic excellent troll you guys and speaking of which uh, uh on my website today I put up the Bitcoin white paper. So anybody that wants to download it there or look at it there, you can btcsessions.ca. It's right on the main page. And I wrote the Bitcoin white paper. Read the original paper that started it all, authored by the anonymous creator of Bitcoin, Satoshi Nakamoto. No one is sure who he is, but he is most definitely not Craig Wright. Check it out. Anyways, let's move away from the FUD. Craig Wright is a fraud just to finish up with that thought. And let's move into some other stuff. Okay. This from BTC Times, BlackRock funds may engage in Bitcoin futures and SEC filing suggests. So BlackRock, uh, the world's leading asset manager with $7.43 trillion in assets under management. This is the largest asset manager on earth. Uh, they're showing interest in getting involved in Bitcoin in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so uh, the filings with the SEC indicate that the asset manager is looking to enter the Bitcoin futures market as they read that certain funds may engage in future contracts based on Bitcoin. The filings elaborate Bitcoin is a digital asset whose ownership and behavior are determined by participants in an online peer-to-peer -peer network that connects computers that run publicly accessible or open source software that follows the rules and procedures governing the Bitcoin network, commonly referred to as the Bitcoin protocol. Uh, so some of the meat of this comes at the end of the article. While the filings are not a confirmation that BlackRock's entities are going to buy Bitcoin futures, these types of filings often precede ventures into the space and at the very least help pave the way for BlackRock's funds to add exposure in the future. Uh, now, the executives there have shown interest in the past and they've been quoted as saying, uh, so who is it? Rick Reeder. He's the CIO. He said, Bitcoin is here to stay um, and it may take the place of gold to a large extent because it's so much more functional than passing a bar of gold around. And Larry Fink, uh, the CEO, previously has said Bitcoin has caught the attention and imagination of many people. Still untested, pretty similar, uh, pretty small market relative to other markets. Uh, these big giant moves every day, it's a thin market. Can it evolve into a global market? Possibly. So they seem to be uh, getting quite interested in Bitcoin, at least in dabbling in Bitcoin. And I should clarify the futures markets that they're looking at are cash settled. Okay. So not actually settled in Bitcoin. Um, moving on here, the former Canadian prime minister, uh, Stephen Harper, he listed Bitcoin as a possible replacement for the U S dollar for a world reserve currency. Now, 
don't freak out here. Don't get too excited because it's kind of clear that he doesn't super understand Bitcoin. Uh, but kind of cool to see that it's being mentioned in this light as a, well, yeah, this could maybe happen. Um, it's definitely not scoffed at anymore. So Stephen Harper, an economist and the former prime minister of Canada, said Bitcoin could potentially see use as a reserve currency, but it isn't going to supplant the U.S. dollar's international role. So he said, unless the U.S. becomes a catastrophe, it's hard to see what the alternative is to the U.S. dollar as the world's major reserve currency. Other than, you know, gold, Bitcoin, and I guess a whole basket of other things, right? I think you'll see that the number of things that people use as reserves will expand, but the U.S. dollar will still be the bulk of it. Um, yeah, so again, he it's, it's interesting because he goes on to talk about what it's good for he said it's he he seems to think that it's uh effective as a a um what did he say uh where is it i'm just trying to find he he said that it was not good as a unit of account or sorry he said not good as a store of value but good as a medium of an exchange and a unit of account which I would argue kind of the opposite, right? Like right now, store of value is what Bitcoin is closest to attaining. And then after that becomes medium of exchange and unit of account, I would think somewhat in that order, but not the opposite. You don't have a, you don't have a unit of account that fluctuates a lot um, and consider that a store of value. To be, I, yeah, anyways, so <laughs> I think that he kind of has it backwards, but nonetheless, cool to see him mention it as a potential replacement or a potential re uh, world reserve in some form. Uh, this from the block. Uh, big institutions are only interested in Bitcoin, says the NYDIG CEO. In the latest episode of The Scoop, the NYDIG chief executive, Robert Gutman, said that most of the series investors he's speaking with are only interested in the largest crypto by market capitalization, which is Bitcoin. Quote, 100 out of 100 of the last conversations I've had with investors seriously looking to allocate, let's say, over $50 million. 100% of those conversations have been about Bitcoin and 0% of them have been about any other crypto asset, he said. In Gutman's view, the interest in Bitcoin is tied to the macro backdrop of the previous year when central banks globally took an aggressive monetary policy approach to address, uh, obviously, the, the virus and everything. That's revealed some of the unique characteristics of Bitcoin as an alternative reserve asset for firms. Quote, the idea of an open source money that's a really powerful idea and solves, in our opinion, a fundamental societal change. Gutman's firm, NYDIG, offers custodial and trading services to an array of financial firms, including insurance giant Mass Mutual, and they've been buying Bitcoin. So interesting to see. And one more kind of fun, I, again, just kind of along the uh, uh, Bitcoin as a reserve asset note, uh, the Miami mayor wants to put some of the city's treasury reserves into Bitcoin. <laughs> now, again, this is kind of, I think, I would be surprised to see this happen off the bat, but um, kind of interesting because up until now, we've seen 
we've seen institutions and we've seen, you know, individual companies and investors look at Bitcoin as a reserve asset, but not any form of government really yet. Uh, but here we see a municipality and maybe it starts there. Maybe it starts with cities and then it grows to states and then it grows to nation states. Just saying, you know. This is the first little step through the door is a single municipality being interested in doing this. Anyways, reading here from the article, Miami Mayor Francis Suarez is considering putting some of the city's treasury reserves into Bitcoin. Quote, we are looking at the possibility of diversifying our investment portfolio and having and holding a percentage of our investment in Bitcoin, Suarez told Fox Business in an interview on Thursday. Quote, if I would have done it last year, I would have made 200% plus return. So I would have looked like a genius. Suarez says he wants to make Miami one of the most crypto forward and technological cities in the country. To that end, the city is looking to create a regulatory framework that makes it the easiest place in the US to do business in terms of cryptocurrency. Quote, we're looking at the laws from Wyoming, Wisconsin, and New York, a regulatory environment, and we have a tremendous amount of interest in tech right now, he said. So we're looking at a variety of things from being able to make payments in crypto in Bitcoin in particular to be able to pay your taxes, being able to pay fees to the city. Now, I think he's more on point with putting city reserves into Bitcoin than accepting it as a form of payment in taxes. Because realistically, from my standpoint, if I have the choice to pay a government taxes in either the scarcest asset that humanity has ever seen or shroot bucks, like worthless printed paper fiat that's being debased by trillions of dollars at the pace we're going at right now, I'm going to dump the dollars. So, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense for him. Like if somebody pays that way, then sure, why not? But um, I, I think it's probably more prudent for him to focus on the reserve asset aspect and uh, maybe give a discount for paying in Bitcoin. That could be good, right? Somebody converts their dollars to Bitcoin and then pays, and then he gets again a scarce asset in the reserve of the city. Yeah, much better. Yeah, that, maybe, and that might that might help people along the way to potentially paying uh, their taxes in Bitcoin. Maybe, maybe that's how you do it. Um, anyways, guys, I'm gonna wrap up there. Uh, this was a fun one today. There was some interesting shit going on. I don't know what you guys think, but that was a lot of fun. Now, guys, please do smash that like button. I see there's like 150 some odd people live watching now. Uh, I appreciate you guys being here and spending your afternoon with me. Um, of course, smash like, uh, share this, subscribe to the channel if you're new here. If you're new, welcome. Now, if you want to help with the show in another way, you can hit up the sponsors I mentioned before. That was Leaden, Kobo, Bit Refill, and Privacy Pros for that Bill Foddle Steel Backup. And if you really loved what you saw, you can always hit up my uh, Lightning Network tip page or hit me up with a Bitcoin Lightning Network tip at my tippin.me page, which is T I P P I N dot me slash at BTC sessions. With that, I'm out. Uh, have your guys uh, have yourselves a wonderful day, a wonderful evening, wherever you may be. And I will see you guys next time for your daily session. Hold all the Bitcoin.